it starts by really being clear on your business objectives and what you're trying to achieve you know successful strategies have a very pinpoint focus david on delivering those results against these business objectives this is not easy <laughs> we, we we've seen with COVID and all the disruptions in supply chain and you know because business objectives and 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 what the business need changes right so and therefore you have to be very agile you have to evolve as the priorities evolve welcome to the hackett group's business acceleration podcast Week after week, you'll hear from top experts on how to avoid obstacles, manage detours, and celebrate milestones on the journey to world-class performance. Hello, I'm David Ketchin. I'm your host for today's session. And my guests today are Paul Morrison and Herman Vashvat. Paul is the principal and lead for Hackett's digital enablement practice in Europe. And Herman is the UK lead for our business transformation team um, and global business services. And between them, they spend their time implementing end-to-end transformation programs with our clients. And therefore, they're really well placed to address the topic we're going to talk about today, which is digital transformation and giving tales from the front line. So trying to get away from just conceptual discussions at a high level and give some really pragmatic and practical perspectives on digital transformation. So during this podcast, we're going to discuss a quick working definition of digital transformation so that um, you know we all know what it is that we're talking about, but then to go into specific examples of how clients have implemented the benefits and secured the, uh, the, the new levels of performance and the critical success factors needed for driving a digital transformation program. We have published our results around what we're calling digital world-class performance levels now. And I'm sure seeing the commentary around significantly improved effectiveness in terms of the service and support provided by business services to the rest of the business to help the rest of the business do their job far better. And there's also a lot about better experience. And then from a cost perspective, if we look at digital world-class companies, and compare them to the average of the rest of the population that we have in our database, there's nearly 30% gap difference in terms of the costs of running GNA functions between those two groups. So there's a really significant benefit there. And as I said, it's not just the efficiency, it's the effectiveness as well and the experience. So let's get started then. I mean, Herman, perhaps I can start with you. And when we talk about digital transformation, what is it that we mean? Thanks, David. So yes, uh, very important question. In simple terms, uh, digital transformation is the process of change in which new technology is combined with people and processes to create value. So lots of stuff in that definition, but for me, three key things, right? Number one, change. So new technologies will require change, you know, changes in process, changes in ways of working, But also people and cultural changes is foundational to this, right? So really important. Then I use the word combination. So digital transformation is not just about the tools. You know, it's it's also about people and processes to deliver services in a new way. So that combination is critical. And then thirdly, value. The mission of digital transformation is to generate value, you know, to and to improve performance. Without that value, there's nothing. 
that's great. And uh, I really like that as a working definition. So we're saying new technology combined with people and processes is about change and it's about creating value. And I think that's a really good working definition because it really gets away from the idea that there are so many more components to address here. I think um, in the past, uh, when people have been commentating, it has tended to just sound like um, digital transformation is about banging in a new application and getting that to work. But clearly, there's a lot more to it than that. And you know, Paul, I mean, what, what have you seen that would be a good example of the broader themes that need to be addressed to really deliver on digital transformation? Thanks, David. Well, I guess when you step back from these um, multiple different uh, dimensions, one of the, the big overarching themes is is what can organizations do to achieve the maximum impact through digital? How can finance or HR, procurement, IT or GBS really magnify the savings, accelerate the improvements to speed, quality and experience, whilst at the same time as getting the, de- the, day, the day job done? And that's really a sort of key overarching theme. Um, and our client work um, enables us to look into a lot of the best practices that are emerging around that maximization of, of impact. So in consumer goods, uh, for example, we work with a client to define a digital COE, uh, center of excellence. So a central team working across multiple functions to coordinate the strategy, integration, and to pool specialist digital skills, such as business analyst skills, computer scientists, and act as a central reusable resource or service uh, to accelerate digital projects. That was one example. Another example, another angle was with a finer, uh, sorry, with a pharma client targeting democratization of technology. So putting the configuration of new tools such as RPA, process mining, uh, Power BI, for example, into the hands of users and thereby drawing on the horsepower of the wider organization and simplifying the process of uh, development. Um, And as a related trend about maximizing the impact, um, we're seeing around the growth of product-centric development, so the use of a limited number of platforms, um, such as in the area of BI, analytics or or case management, um, to simplify the estate and increase the potential for reusing uh, skills and learning around a few solutions. And if I may, just the final theme that we're seeing um, in that big overarching challenge of maximizing impact is clarifying how IT and other functions are working together. It's a bit, potentially a big source of tension, uh, but when it's unlocked, uh, enables a, a massive surge in productivity. So we work with a, a resources company where we help to uh, refine and redefine the digital operating model um, for back, back office operations, specifying the roles, the approach to how the different functions, GBS, IT work together. Um, and as one example, that resources organization, that resources company uh, defined a new set of structures, including a, a digital factory for fast tracking, really high potential digital projects. That's really interesting. And uh, I think it's safe to say that um, everybody that is working in and around digital transformation has been through their own learning curve in terms of understanding what it is and what's required. And uh, there was a period probably about three or four years ago where there was uncontrolled proliferation of different tool sets, which of course was leading to really interesting projects and outcomes, but you then got uncontrolled um, total cost of ownership. So it's really interesting to see that experimentation, but now people drawing it back to some of the core disciplines that have always been there. That's the right thing to do for larger enterprises. 
And we said, um, you know, the technology is not the only get right. That is absolutely clear for digital transformation. But on the other hand, it's also clear that it is a key driver. Um, yeah, Herman, if we uh, were going to talk about the technology side of digital transformation, what, what would you say is key to a successful strategy there? Yeah, so so maybe a couple of things, maybe two things. I mean, there's, there's a lot that, that's critical to a successful strategy. But if I hone in on two things, firstly, it starts by really being clear on your business objectives and what you're trying to achieve. You know, successful strategies have a very pinpoint focus, David, on delivering those results against these business objectives. This is not easy. <laughs> we, we, we've seen with COVID and all the disruptions in supply chain and, you know, because business objectives and, and, and what the business need changes, right? So, and therefore you have to be very agile. You have to evolve as the priorities evolve. So, for example, right, businesses where there's a significant cost challenge, you know, today, um, they will find it hard to go and implement a new cloud ERP solution right now because it's going to cost them money to do this. So they might have to think a little bit more tactically. But organizations that are really seeking more wholesale change or improving that customer experience uh, or addressing very complicated situation, uh, structures in their business, for example, they need to invest in modern customer cloud platforms, for example. So it really depends on what the business is asking for and how you respond to that. And then lastly, top performers have a very good understanding of the, the broader sort of enterprise-wide capabilities uh, that can move them forward in terms of transformation management, in terms of automation, et cetera, et cetera. That, that, that's, again, really interesting. And uh, if we think about the journey that um, we've all been on in this era, I think what you're bringing out very strongly there is when we talk about the technology side of things, we're not just talking about RPA and smart automation. Um, we're talking about the entire automation landscape, and that might include ERP. And you know, we've said for a number of years that you should still use ERP as your default tool for maximizing um, automation. That's the first place to start. And then combining best of breed with smart automation and, and taking it forward from there. So, Paul, we run the digital awards, the Hackett Digital Awards every year, and that gives us a fantastic insight to what organizations are achieving. So not just our own implementations, but also what outsource providers, um, other major clients are delivering as well. Do, do you want to give a couple of examples that you think that are yeah, really good examples where the people have executed really well on that technology landscape? Sure, ab absolutely. And it, it definitely underlines the, the point around organizations really are trying to pull on the full range of technology levers available to them. And we'll just pick two. Um, firstly, Mondelez. Um, so that was the winner in our order to cash category this year, um, which has been on a multi-year journey to move towards world-class performance in receivables, uh, starting out with process standardization, um, moving into ERP modernization, uh, then through workflow improvement and into RPA more recently um, around integration and uh, acceleration of manual checking and, and data Entry this year, uh, Mondelez raised the bar uh, further by adding predictive collections. So, using machine learning to predict late customer payments based on a uh, rapid automated analysis of three years of internal um, and external data. And the, the, the result of this is accurately predicting payment performance for at least 93% of transactions. It gives the teams much more accurate uh, payer segmentation 
It helps uh, them to prioritize which customers to, to contact and overall reduces um, uh, deductions, improves cash collection, um, and just avoids time wastage within the collections team. So that's that's one example that we really, really liked. And then secondly, um, we have uh, Reckit. So that was a winner in our IT ops category um, with its uh, next-gen Living Labs program. And the, the goal of this uh, project was to drive automation at scale um, through IT operations and really bring to life uh, some of those uh, concepts around ex- experience for the, the users of IT uh, within Reckit and to boost that with uh, some new cognitive tools. Um, to achieve that, it was building on investments in core systems and data. It used a combination of RPA and AI with some additional workflow technology. Um, it built a multilingual persona-based chatbot, um, a really strong consumer-grade mobile app for all employees. It uh, set up an automation factory to fast-track uh, new functionality and built uh, the heart of it, this uh, what it called the digital brain for predicting IT outages and anomalies. Um, and as a result, it saved uh, 20% of IT costs. 200,000 interactions are driven uh, each year through the chatbot, and that's means that 15% of all tickets can be resolved without any any human intervention. And you know, on top of that, paying for itself rapidly in, in seven months and improving the experience. So um, measured through an NPS, Net Promoter Score, um, employees have improved their satisfaction by over 20%. So uh, a real um, a boost to satisfaction there. Yeah, I mean, they're absolutely tremendous benefits, aren't they? And I know one of the things that um, you put a lot of store on when we get judging the digital awards is measurable and verified benefits. And uh, yeah, the, the kind of benefits that those organisations have achieved are absolutely tremendous. And, you know, I mean, that, that all sounds great, of course. And, um, yeah, the aspiration of getting to digital world-class performance um, as we define it, which is that top quartile um, effectiveness as well as top quartile efficiency. That's that's a goal that a lot of organisations are are aiming at quite rightly. But maybe now I can ask you both to share one or two you know absolute critical success factors for organisations and particularly those aiming to secure rapid benefits. Herman, can I come to you first? What what would you, advice would you be giving clients um, at this point? Yeah, so we get asked this question a lot, David. Every single transformational project we work on, we get asked this question, how can we secure that rapid benefit, right? So a couple of questions that I always pose my teams. Firstly, is this client, is the organization clear on the value they're trying to unlock here, you know, in terms of short-term, mid-term, longer-term value? Are they crystal clear in terms of what they want to do around value? Secondly, what do they want to do with their customer experience? So important to unlocking growth, you know, and I believe it's often a a key question that I missed. There's still a lot of organizations out there with complexity. So can we remove complexity from what they're doing? You know, that can really quickly improve effectiveness as well. And are there incremental capabilities that they can bring in that can deliver fast value? You know, they often, you know, you get, you stare into these big ticket items, cloud ERP, cloud EPM, et cetera, but they forget about the incremental smaller things they can do to really deliver fast value. And then the, the last question I always ask is what can they do to leapfrog the competition? 
what can we do to really jump ahead of the curve in terms of what the competition is doing in the market? So those five questions are really important to get right as you plan your transformations and drive rapid benefits. Great. Yeah. So you, you're talking really there about staying everything rooted back to business priorities and then asking the questions that make it really clear to the organization why they're moving forward and thinking about the different routes they can take. So that, that's that's a really helpful answer. Thank you, Herman. And then, Paul, I'll, I'll ask you the same question. I mean, what, what do you think are the absolute get rights? I would say that uh, if, if you are finance, HR, procurement or another function, then it's key that digital should not be seen as something that is done to you um, by you know, IT or another part of the organization. And it's not typically or only something in the form of a you know, monolithic big ticket upgrade. Digital change is something in which you, know, you as a function are a co-owner, an active participant, um, a decision maker. Um, and it's something that you as a function will be driving uh, over an extended period and over multiple programs. So flowing from that, if you're a leader of any of these areas, then you have to be able to answer the question, is my function set up for success in ongoing digital change? Do I have the capabilities needed or can I easily access them? And so, you know, those big, bigger questions we would then break down. Um, we've identified five categories from, from which really uh, flow sort of further deeper questions. Firstly, do you have a clear strategy and vision that is really lived by the whole function? Does your function have access to high quality data via a, a strong infrastructure? Does your function have a clear digital operating model that links with IT and the wider organization? Does your function have a really clear roadmap of opportunities across the process and across the technologies? And does your function have access to expert implementation and, and running capabilities? And together, that's the menu, I think, that underpins a lot of the, the value that, that Herman's uh, talking about. And if you don't have good answers to those questions, then that's a risk that really demands attention. That's great. Thank you very much, Paul. So I, I think what we've been talking about during the course of this conversation, then, the, the, the benefits of moving to digital world-class performance are, are massive. And they're of such significance now that it can drive overall competitive advantage. Because if you are giving the rest of the business the information, the support, the service they require to do the very best job they can, that makes them more effective in the marketplace. But also, if you're doing the back office services at a lower cost, then that funding is available for reinvesting into the front office. It could be for innovation. It could be for marketing. It could be um, a, a whole host of uh, other areas that you can reinvest into. So the benefits that have been achieved are very tangible now as well. It's not a dream. It's coming and it's coming like a train. You know, the, the benefits are really flowing through organizations at the moment. Really important to remember, this is not just about technology. Technology absolutely is a key to unlocking the benefits, but you will not get there just by obsessing about the technology. It must be an overall holistic approach to drive the benefits. And to make sure that you continue to make the right investments, critically important that you keep rooted to the business priorities. It can't be taking just a business services perspective. It all needs to be rooted back to driving the right benefits for the business overall. So it just leaves me to say um, thank you very much, Paul and Herman. That's been a really interesting session. I'm sure anyone that's listening will get a lot out of that and uh, look forward to following up on another time. 
Thank you very much for joining me, Paul and Herman. Thanks, David. Have a good day. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find the audio, helpful resources, and a transcript of each episode at podcasts.thehackagroup.com. If you liked this episode, please share it. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. We'd welcome your feedback by tapping the rating on this or any episode, or send us an email at podcast at thehackagroup.com. The Hackett Group is a global leader in defining and enabling world-class performance. Learn how we can assist with your improvement journey at www.thehackagroup.com.